Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. All right, we're back with another episode of the Real Estate Hustle podcast. Today, we've got a dear friend, Miss Ellen Bacher with us today. Now, Ellen is an absolute rock star taking the real estate world by storm. We know she's in the top 20 of Realtors with Keller Williams, Canada, across the nation. She's making waves. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. We're so grateful to be able to chat with you today. I'd love to hear a bit about sort of your last year, your journey to get here, how long you've been in real estate. And I'm so excited to just kind of peel back the layers and have people here. And for those of you that don't know, Ellen's going to be humble at times. I'm going to gas her up a little bit because she is doing incredible things in real estate. Over 600000 in GCI last year, over four hundred in her first year. Like these numbers are impressive. And so I'm excited to hear how we how we got here. Ellen, welcome. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I, I I always really enjoy coming on these things and having people actually ask me what I've done, right? Because I found in my first year, having mentors is one of the best thing, right? Uh, at least talking to people that make great businesses. And if you have questions, um, they're always uh, great people to run your, your ideas by. Um, but yeah, so I've been in the business for almost three years in November. Uh, I've really enjoyed my process. And honestly, the first six months was just really grindy, right? Um, I got my license in September um, of COVID, like the year that COVID started. Um, and I happened to move on one of the most expensive streets in Listowel. And I kind of thought, you know, this is a great way to capitalize, right? Um, so I started geo farming. Everyone if you've ever talked to me and asked me about my experience, that's how I started in real estate. Um, the way that geofarming really helped me was that because of COVID, um, everyone was at home. No one on this expensive street was going to their Florida homes or going to their Muskoka cottages. So that was a great time for me to go by. Um, everyone was working from home, so you had no one else to talk to. And if you have this random person during the time where real estate was absolute insanity coming by to talk about real estate. Well, what a great opportunity to talk to someone, right? Um, I didn't specifically ask people to sell their houses for me. I would actually, I found that there was a lack of information for people here in town, uh, just specific numbers, right? Just so you get an idea of what the average prices are. Um, so my front page of my flyer would always be uh, my market report. And honestly, like the market reports, maybe 10 or 20 homes are selling a month. So really it doesn't give you an accurate idea of what's going on, but at least it gives people an idea and, and they can see the numbers. Right. Um, and then the back, I would have any buyers that I had, um, because at that time I wasn't getting any listings, but I wanted people to call me. So, you know, there could be an $800,000 buyer for something. And, these um, people looking to sell their homes, yeah, maybe they will give me a call. That's incredible. So, what what yeah. a creative strategy. I mean, putting what you're looking for on the back of the flyer. Now, I heard a couple of a couple of really fun things in there. The, the first one is you use the word grind right out of the gate. You're like, you know what? I had to grind it out. I had to figure it out. 
But then you also mentioned geo farming using paper flyers on top of it as well and going door to door to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I hear from people all the time. They're like, that stuff's dead. And here you are. Absolutely. And, and by the numbers, if I'm hearing it correctly, you're taking massive market share in mm -hmm. the area that you are. If there's only 20 homes selling and you're doing four or five of those every single month, that's mm -hmm. got to put you in the lead of realtors in the area that you're servicing right now. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at my first year and I actually map every single house that I sold, it's within that geo farm, right? And then my second year, it started spreading out a bit. And now in my third year, I'm going into other towns. So it's clear that my branding, because the more money that I can put towards my marketing, the more I'm going to put into that, right? Because when I grew out of my flyering, because I just didn't have any time anymore. And I know when you say, well, you don't have time, you need to leverage people. I'm in the process of doing that. Uh, so I can uh, keep walking. Um, but what I found was I still want those flyers to keep going. Right. And so I went from 350 homes um, to, I think I did 1,200 that I would send out via the Canada Post. Then I went 1,500 and currently I'm doing 4,000 homes monthly. And there I'm actually featuring my uh, listings that I have. And then I'd still do the market report because people still really enjoy seeing that. Um, so yeah, it, it's, and, and from here, I, I'm just going to keep going bigger and bigger, right? Because uh, I see the results from flyers, even if I'm not personally going to the doors, but I'm also probably going to think about tapping into the VIP open house that uh, Jeff Blackham did. You know, I did one in a leasehold property I had over in the village in Listowel, which is uh, 55 plus retirement area. Uh, and I had over 20 people come. I had, I just trialed it. And obviously that's a great way to, in general, just meet people as well. Right. So, yeah. So, so let's, let's wind it back a little bit and, and, you know, we'll, we'll dig into the, I've got notes on all this stuff. Cause you know, one mm -hmm. of the things I love about this is, is hearing all the different ideas that are working and you're giving us a ton of gold nuggets right now, but you, you mentioned that you came into real estate in COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people did that, but most of them didn't make it. And what's curious, like you said, is you had a rookie of the year first year and you're continuing to build every year from that. What made you wanted to pick real estate as the as the driving factor for building your business? Um, well, real estate, I, I, I've always enjoyed sales. So when I was in, uh, I worked at the Fairmont as a housekeeper in Banff. And then eventually I got the coveted front desk position. What I didn't know, you actually get paid for upgrading people into higher room types. And then they actually reward you for that too. Well, I'm one of those people that you can't really stop me. And I, I get so competitive about these things. And it's not like I'm even competitive with people. I'm competitive with myself and I want my me to continue growing and, and figuring out what works, right? So um, and I was only in the front desk for four months and I did over $70,000 in upgrades for the Fairmont. And it was just crazy numbers for that time, right? So um, when I came back to Canada, because I did a bit of traveling afterwards, uh, I thought, you know, time to get my career going. And what am I going to do? Um, well, the obvious one was real estate because my dad was in real estate in the past too in the Netherlands. 
Um, and what's the biggest thing that you can sell, right? And you're still working with people. I highly enjoyed working with people. Um, and that, that was my main factor. And it still is just helping people transition into the next phase of their life because it's stressful, right? Selling a house. And the other thing is I tend to specialize at least so far in the, in the first three years, I've specialized kind of, uh, the older generation downsizing. And that's extremely emotional, right? Because generally those people have lived in those homes for 10, 20 years and it's a big step. So uh, yeah, you you create a lot of friendships and relationships and that's that's the best part about real estate. So yeah. how do you ever get pushback? Like, you know, hey, I'm an older person. I'm downsizing, retiring, doing all that stuff. You're a younger person coming in. Do they? Is there any conflict or clash there? Is that just in my head thinking that? people might push back a little on that. I haven't noticed any pushback. I actually really enjoy working with older people. Um, and the great thing about my brand is that it's created a trust where uh, when sellers are looking to list their homes, they know what to expect when they list with me, right? And they kind of just lay all the responsibility in my hands. And I kind of prefer it that way. Of course, I'm going to listen to any of their uh, uh, queries they may have. But I think the big thing is just working with each client because each client can be so extremely di uh, different. So, yeah. I got you. So really not even necessarily even making it a thought at all. Mm -hmm. you're, just, you're just like helping people is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. I think the more difficult situations is when more people are involved. So the first time buyer where both sets of parents are there and they're all walking through the open or the uh, inspection together. I've seen those deals break apart a lot more than working with older people because they've experienced selling their homes, right? This isn't their first time around the, uh, their first time around. Whereas, you know, the first time buyer, they've never done this before. And they're going to have a lot more things that may make them anxious, which could actually be very minor things. So, yeah. You specifically chosen a demographic to work with based on experience, keeping the deals together, you know, not having as much stress or issues or anxiety. I think I heard in there as well and, yeah. and curated what you were doing. And then you geofarmed into that specific neighborhood as well around that. Am I, am I getting all that right? Yeah. Well, the, I think I naturally started working with the older generation is because the area that I geofarmed, right? Because the average sale price during like last year was 800,000 for me. And the first time buyer is not gonna be owning a home at that time for that price, right? So um, yeah, I think the average age that I was generally working with is 45 and higher, but this year it started to change because my my radius is getting bigger and just my general brand recognition is getting bigger. So yeah, but the first couple of years, it was older people. Yeah. Wow. Now, if, if I'm looking at geo farming, I mean, you're going to have a lot of people probably reach out to you, ask you questions on this. Um, what would you say to people? Like, like you've gone in and, and figured out a system that works for you. I'm a newbie or even if I'm a veteran agent, I want to add farming to my list. How, how would I do that? What does that look like for me? Well, you need to pick a realistic number amount of homes that you can walk every single month, right? Because the moment that your business picks up, you still have to be walking those properties until to the point where you think that you can't do it anymore and you can expand uh, into Canada Post. Um, 
I picked my specific geo firm because it was a newer area. Um, I knew that all the older areas were so committed to the local agents and there was no way that me, uh, when I was starting out, was going to get into uh, in between that relationship, right? So I thought, okay, the newer area, most likely those people are from the cities, KW, they're not going to have a local agent. And most likely if they're going to be selling, they're going to be looking for a local agent to sell with. Um, and that was my specific criteria that I looked at. And those homes were newer. So they were maybe three or four years old. And generally people sell every in that area, right? Every three to six years, I feel. So yeah. Um, and you never want to push people when you're talking to them. Right. I only, I think I only knocked, physically knocked on the doors two times, like the first two months. Um, and then I would keep bringing the flyers all those other months because, uh, in the summertime, everyone's already going to be outside and they know I'm coming every month. So if they see me, they're going to come and talk to me. If they want to come and talk to me about real estate, at least that's what I found. Um, and then the other big thing that I did that kind of solidified my geo farm was I gave pumpkin pies to everyone. So I gave 350 pumpkin pies to everyone if they wanted it. Um, wow. And then I had the option of apple pie. So if they said, I don't want a, a pie, I, I said, well, I have an apple pie if you want that. But generally they wouldn't take that. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so you started with 350 and like like you said, you only knocked on the door twice a year. No, I, no. So I only physically knocked the first two months. Right. But then I still kept going for another six months afterwards. So basically eight months straight, I was walking. Wow. And, yeah. And then you flipped into Canada Post. So now you're doing it exclusively with Canada Post, which yeah. is sort of led with revenue. You started with the physical, hey, I'm just going to print flyers and go knock on doors. And then I'm just going to leave the flyers behind because now they know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still knock today? Do you still go out and, and drop flyers or knock at all today? Or are you, you over that now? Well, the VIP open house that I just did. Yeah. I, I knocked on every door. So that was around 50 to 70 homes, but I mean, because I'll be hiring an admin now, which I'm sure you'll be happy about. Uh, I'm going to be able to do that with my new listings now too. So I'm, I'm never scared to door knock if I, if I want to and need to. Right. Um, I think it's one of the best ways I, I will shout it from the mountaintops, even though that other agents may not agree with me is that people seeing your face is the biggest thing, personal connections, being able to connect on a certain level. Oh, you have a dog. I have a dog, you know, what's his name. And then, you know, I've been walking the trail for the last 30 days, uh, every morning. And I've gotten two leads from just walking on the trail because people recognize me. And then they say, Hey, you're Ellen, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Ellen. And then that's how it goes. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, what I love hearing about that is, is we hear all the time, right? Agents that just, they don't want to do anything physical. They don't want to pick up the phones. They don't want to knock on the doors. They want to do it all on social media. They want to do it all this way or that way. And I don't see the same results, right? I don't see yeah. those agents taking over towns or taking over neighborhoods or their branding mm -hmm. getting recognized. They're very popular on, on some of these outlets that they're using, but is it really translating to business? And I think you hit the nail on the head where you said, you've got to get face-to-face -face with people. 
Mm-hmm. That, was, that was huge, right? I think people miss that point when you're doing sales of any sort. I don't think it matters that it's real estate and anything you're trying to sell. If you aren't face to face with someone, there's no transaction going to happen. Yeah. And my goal is to basically know everyone in town, right? Like for me to have a conversation with every person, I can see when someone recognizes me. And so I will go up to them and have a conversation with them because that first interaction is, uh, you know, when you don't have your sign on your, your face on your sign and then you have to go introduce yourself. Well, yeah. Um, I think that putting your face on the sign is the best because that introduction's already done for you. People already know who you are and you can just go straight into a conversation. And that's what I found when I was door knocking to the first month and the second month were just brutal, right? Like people can slam the door and like, whatever. And you just have to get into the mindset and, you know, onto the next one. Not everyone um, wants to have a pumpkin pie or, yeah. or talk to you. And it is what it is, but yeah. Better by the end of the eight months, like when you were close to that, you know, the last few months where the conversation's at least a little nicer, people say, Hey Ellen, how are you doing again? Or Yeah. 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 Well, and it's funny seeing the shift as well. And the people that may have slammed the door are now talking to me. Right. So, <laughs> but well, it's, it's I, that persistence, right? If I know you yeah. come every month and I know you're going to say hi, or you're going to leave me a flyer, you're going to bring me a pie. I mean, I'm still waiting on my pie. Um, but if I know that's yeah. going to happen, I, I'm going to get a little friendly. I think after, after some time with it, right. It, it, mm-hmm. What I love and, and, you know, the fact that you said you'd be willing to even go back to the activity once you brought some leverage into your life, I think is, is huge. And so let's talk about the shift. How, how are you holding up? Like for, for anyone listening, depending on when you're listening, it's now September, 2023, we've had interest rate after interest rate hike. Yes. We're post COVID, but the market is one of the hardest markets Canada has seen in over 20 years. It sucks. Let's let's just be real about it. Like it sucks. People are, having a hard time you know the average mortgage rate right now is probably close to seven percent and yes that's historically low still but it's also the highest we've seen in in probably five to seven years how are you adapting have you changed anything or is it still just status quo for you um well i mean the shift i kind of saw happen last year already anyways so the moment that you know, we, we've reached our record highs in January, February, and then all of a sudden there was a drop, like $100,000, $200,000 drop in May, June, July. Um, I was extremely busy in the first couple months that year, and then the rest of the year was just dead. But it was a record year for me. So say, let's, let's quantify what dead to yeah. you means like, because I feel yeah. like anybody that's listening right now is going to go, well, hang on a sec. You did over 600,000 last year and you're saying that it's dead. Yeah. But I made majority of my money in the first two quarters, right? At least the sales. Right. Yeah. And um, once the drop happened, selling a house wasn't seven days on the market, multiple offers, right? It was, there was one house, I think it was 45 days on the market. And that at at that time, that was, you know, unheard of. And nothing in general was really moving here in Listwell, especially anything over 800,000. And then this year, um, I found that, you know, it it was extremely busy starting um, March, 
March started to pick up and my branding was working for itself because I did a rebrand in November into the blue um, and it was really working and I was getting a lot of referrals from previous clients, but the sales weren't as easy anymore, right? We're talking 20 to 40, 60 days on the market um, and consistently running the open houses. I thought it was funny that, you know, some other agents didn't believe and people still tell me that they don't believe that open houses work. And I'm like, I can show you the amount of deals I've done with buyers walking through the open house and saying, hey, I want to put an offer in, right? And even if they're not private buyers and they have buyer agents, a lot of people take the opportunity to walk through their properties that they want to see on the weekend during the open houses. And you can be ruining your sale just because you don't think open houses work. So, yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, the majority of realtors in the business today have been in the business less than five years. So for the last five years, we weren't doing a lot of open houses, right? Like it, it was, like you said, stick the sign on and seven days later, you got offers, multiple offers, five to 10 to 20 offers at some points. And everything you're doing, I think a lot of the agents in the industry weren't either taught or didn't think it mattered anymore. And mm -hmm. so even when you were busy, I know you were still doing open houses and you were still doing all the stuff that to generate business. And I think that's really unique because I've heard the same thing. Open houses don't work anymore. Now you're taking buyers out of them. Some of those are attached to listings. Is there something specific you're doing that's different from what everybody else is, or are you just being you in the open houses? Well, I mean, I think you either have your sales or you don't have your sales ability, right? So, um, how I approach my conversations is just personal conversation, connecting with them. And then at the end, you talk about, so what do you think about the house, right? And that shouldn't be the majority of your conversation. You should always be focusing on just connecting with them because then in the future, and or if they're looking to put an offer on, they'll say, hey, I want to use Ellen to put that offer on this property, right? So um, yeah, I, I think... I've, I have wondered it because, you know, I've had other realtors run open houses for me and I'm just like, you have so many people walking through it. There's so many, so much opportunity. Right. Um, but yeah. You know what those shot, shots fired because I heard what you said when you said, you know, you either have a sales ability or you don't. I mean, mm -hmm. that, I think that's pretty true. I think anything can be learned. Don't get me wrong. I think if you don't have it, you can, you can put yourself on the path. You can learn how to get it. But I think you're right. You either realize that you're, you know, people use the word realtor a lot. And the other, the other term that we get called is sales representatives. I remind people of this all the time. That first word sales, like mm -hmm. we're selling something, we're selling ourselves and then we're selling a product right after it. Mm -hmm. We're not here. You know, every, everybody that knows you isn't just going to use you because you're here. You actually have to sell yourself. And so it sounds to me like like a big part of what you're doing is when you're talking about building that rapport and, and connecting with people, everything you're doing follows those two things is it's all about connection for you. Mm -hmm. Now, are you doing, you know, tons of database stuff? Are you doing anything else? Or are you just building connections all day long? It's just connections. That's all I do, right? It's that firing and... Uh... Because Listowel is a small town, at least the, but my area is already growing, but I find that what I'm doing and the referrals I'm getting is already keeping me busy enough that I haven't even touched databases, which 
Um, I think it's something that I really do need to be uh, going into, and which is what my admin will be doing, um, <laughs> making well, up smart plans. You're, you're putting all the systems behind you now to, to continue to grow the business, but you, mm-hmm. I mean, you just went and, and literally did. I mean, it's on the wall behind me. We always point to it when we do the podcast, but you just went out and hustled. You, you mm-hmm. just went out and talked to people every single day and never, never stopped doing this. Now, three years in, you're taking massive market share in your hometown, in your specific farm area. You're now up to 4,000, I think you said, monthly flyers, three or 4,000 monthly flyers. Mm-hmm. Out. You're in a shift and you're still on pace to match what you did last year. So a down market, mm-hmm. the hardest markets, and you're still on pace to hit it. I know people are wondering, is there anything else? Is there any other secrets that we might not have touched on so far for your business? I think, and I've, and you can probably say the same that you've noticed that other realtors are sitting back right now because, you know, I find that real estate is a really big mental game. Not only is it just uh, get up and getting, it's honestly all mental game. You can be on top of the world the one day and then the next day you just think you're the worst agent in the world, right? So, um, that happens all the time. Honestly, and and I was talking to uh, my printing company that I use to print my flyers. And even last year, I was talking to him. I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing uh, more flyers. Like, I don't feel good about this market, you know, because it was a really tough time last winter and last fall. Uh, And he's like, you know what? Like this top producing team doubles down during times like this. And I was like, okay, well, let's do 4,000 flyers then. So then we started doing 4,000 flyers and, and, and it's definitely paying off. Right. And my growth, at least my, what I'm doing with my brand has been not in a rush either. I don't like rushing my decisions. So, you know, finally this year I have a website. I finally went into my blue colors and there's a thought process behind everything so uh, I don't like wasting money, especially on marketing, unless I know it works. And if I if it doesn't work and I do try it, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to try it. But if it doesn't work, I'll just throw it out the window. But, you know, something like flyers, I'm happy to go to 10,000 at some point too, right? Like I'm just going to keep growing that. So, yeah. Wow. Did, did I hear that right? Where you just said, I didn't even have a website. Yeah. But you know what? The day after that the website launched, I actually got a, a form that people fill out on the website to list their property and it paid off the following month. So <laughs> if some would say that's luck and some would say that's just intentional, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that blew me away. I, I literally wrote, didn't even have a website because no. that, that's so wild to me, right? Like how many agents do we know that, you know, they've got the pretty branding and the nice websites and their cars are wrapped and this and that, and they haven't even sold a house yet. Here you are three years in the business and you're just getting your website up now yeah. while mm-hmm. dominating for the last three years. That is so cool. Well, and and to be honest, I don't think online presence, like it matters, but it's not going to get you leads, not as much doing, uh, unless you're doing the personal stuff. I would rather be door knocking than be on Instagram, right? Because I tried the Instagram for a couple months, but there's you and a hundred thousand other agents posting the same content, right? So 
that doesn't, you're not doing anything new. But if you're going to the door and talking to them personally and making a personal connection with you, uh, with them, you're going to make that, you're going to make them remember you when it's time to sell. I love, I mean, you're giving, you're giving gold nuggets left and right here, but I love what you just said. You're not doing anything new if you're all on Instagram with the other hundred thousand agents. That's huge. That's Mm -hmm. a huge realization because I think you're right. There was a time where Instagram or TikTok or whatever was like the the it thing, right? Everybody was Mm -hmm. running to it and it was sort of new. Today, I think it's just an expectation. Everybody's there. You're probably right. You're not getting any new business because the minute I scroll up, I got another realtor in my face and then another realtor in my face. Mm -hmm. You're right. We are all kind of giving a lot of the same content. I mean, there's only so much you can talk about in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And I find like you can even check out my Instagram, scroll all the way down to the bottom and see what I used to make because I have a brand manager now who does everything for me. But when I was first starting out, I was making every all my flyers on on uh, Canva and um, as well as my social media posts. And they're really basic. So but it worked. It still works. Right. Yeah. 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 And it didn't matter because you were creating personal connections. Right. It's not like if they needed to talk to you, they didn't need to go watch you on Instagram. They probably just pick up the phone or they'd open their door as you were walking up to give them mm-hmm. a just have a conversation with you that yeah. way. You know, I have a lady um, on the street here. That's a big supporter of my brand and, and watching my growth. And she, I think she has every single flyer that I've sent out or given her in the past two, three years. Wow. And she's pulled them out before and showed me. And it's just awesome, right? 20 to 30 flyers of stuff that I've I've done. And you can see the progression in my brand. And uh, yeah. She's going to be your number one referral source soon. That, that's what's yeah. going to happen, right? Is she's going to become mm-hmm. that raving fan, which it sounds like she already is. She's saving your stuff and everything else. She probably tells everybody she knows about you and, and to why they should use you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been very lucky for the support I've gotten in the last couple of years. I wouldn't be doing all this business if I wasn't having all these referrals either. Right. So, yeah. That's so cool. So I got two more things I want to kind of touch on and kind of going back to the start, you said the first thing you did was you found successful mentors and you started just asking them questions. What's that conversation like? I mean, I'm a stranger. I don't know you. And and here's this this junior person, this rookie, this new agent coming in and asking me about my business. Did you get any pushback on any of that stuff? Or w- were they just like willing to help you and willing to have conversations with you? So I've always, I've always looked at real estate as a business. I didn't actually get a real estate mentor specifically. I got someone in Listwell that has extremely good branding and brand recognition and just uh, people talk positively about his name is Scott Davidson. Um, and he, he yeah. Uh, so I would actually go to his house every Friday night and we would have dinner together and I would be able to pick his brain and run any ideas past him. And he would let me know whether or not it's a good idea or not. Um, and he's in the car business. So the car business is very similar to the housing business, uh, except I think you see um, what's going to happen in the cars before in the houses. So I always generally know what's going to happen in, in the housing market because um, they do correlate. So um, yeah, Scott, he was a great source just for actually making my brand. And then my dad, um, 
I would always ask my dad in regards to the really difficult conversations, right? Um, you can really get yourself into some stressful situations when you're in real estate and um, it's, they're difficult and straight up, right? I mean, I've had situations where a house was closing in a week and the buyers that were buying the property hadn't even sold their property yet, right? And that was in the downturn of the market. Um, that being said, they sold within that week and then everything was okay. But, you know, uh, having the conversations with your clients at that time is extremely difficult. So having someone that you can actually talk to and talk through those stressful situations and get their opinion on is a really big one. And then having someone that's uh, focused, like has a good brand recognition or has built up from the small to the big, um, it's always good to be able to pick someone's brain, right? No, and I, I love that you said that, right? I mean, you, you said, I, I always looked at real estate as a business. I know a lot of realtors come in and they don't think that way that, you know, it's, I want the flexible schedule. I want this, I want that. And they don't realize that, you know, they're an independent contractor first and foremost, and you are building your own business. So I love that you said mm -hmm. that. And then I love to hear that, you know, you had no fear. You went into the, the big dog in town and said, hey, I want to learn from you. And, and I'm sure he was honored. I mean, shout out to Scott again, if, if we ever get him on the show. I'm sure he would say he was honored that somebody finally approached him because I'm going to bet nobody ever asks him for advice outside mm -hmm. of you as, as one of those people, right? I mean, he's just going to say he's an old car, uh, used car salesman and that's all he is. But honestly, he's built uh, quite, a, quite a giant um, business and it's very impressive. And it was... I mean, I'm basically part of the family now, so it's been great getting to know him in the last couple of years too. So, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, now, good for you, right? I mean, I mean, kudos to you for for having the the courage to do that. Like I said, guys, get you know, you've heard it on the show. If you listen to our episodes enough, get a coach, get a mentor, get somebody that can help you. Don't try to figure it out. You know, I I learned very early in the business that you could skip a lot of steps really fast by talking to someone who knows more than you. Mm -hmm. or you can spend the time, the 5, 10, 15, 20 years that mm -hmm. you get figuring it out, or you just go right to the source. And and But I think what most people do is they don't actually shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you would run an idea by them, but I'm sure you listened and took the advice. Most people think, you know, their way is the best way. They don't take the advice from some of the older, the older yeah. business. Well, you know? I mean, even my dad, you know, he, he talked to me, uh, he grew uh, a couple of big businesses as well, aside from real estate. Um, so he, I talked to him more about when to spend money, right? When's a good time to spend the money uh, on the marketing. And even though I didn't want to do it, I would still do it. Um, but you got to spend money to make money. And yeah, and the flyers and the website and the branding, those are all great examples, as well as the pies, right? Those have paid themselves over four times. So maybe even more. Hey, wow, wow. So, so you know, last last thing that I was sort of wondering, how are you handling all the hate that you must be getting? I mean, you, you come in three years, you take over the town, you're, you're on the top, if not the top salesperson in your area, you're climbing the ranks on all kinds of statistics. How are you dealing with all the hate coming at you? Um, I don't really notice it unless they file a complaint with ITSO <laughs> and then I have a conversation with them, right? So um, I, I think 
I've always been focused on my goal and my goal is always my working with my clients, right? Um, I don't have time. So yeah, why focus on yours, right? Yeah, yeah, you gotta stay busy, gotta stay positive and don't let, let the negativity get to you because I've honestly never had anyone directly hate me or say any hate, uh, so-called hate, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I won't say a story, but I've heard some really funny things, but these, the things they thought that things I were doing, I was doing was ridiculous. And then I, I end up profiting off of them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, they're, they're probably starting to copy you now. I'm going to bet you're going to start see some people copying and, and doing what you do and try to follow, follow your model. But that honestly, thank you so much for sharing. There's, there's, there's so many gold nuggets, so many different things. This is like a trick question. We ask everybody to come on. We got listeners from all across the globe that listen to our show. What do you think is the one thing, if you had to give one piece of advice to everyone listening right now, what would that be? And what would you share with us? Take your time when you're growing a business, give it time, don't rush it and, and be consistent, right? Because I didn't get my first deal until I was, I think in the February, I started in September, but it was a big one. It was a, it ended up selling for 1.2. And I got a listing just from that listing for my marketing. So it took so, you five months to get your first deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for sharing. We really do appreciate you. If someone's looking to get a hold of you, whether it's a client, an investor, or even another realtor who might be looking to maybe partner with you down the road or get some advice from you, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, you can check out my social medias and send me a message at buckerealty.ca or send me an email, ellen at buckerealty.ca or text me 519-292-1517. I love it. And, and Bucker Realty, two Ks, B-A-K-K-E-R, everyone listening, two Ks, not one. Uh, be sure to reach out to Ellen. Ellen, thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, this has been another episode of the Real Estate Hustle podcast. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We're on Spotify. You can find us everywhere. Just search the Real Estate Hustle. And Ellen, we're so excited. You know, one of the things we do is we're going to bring all our guests back after a couple of months or a couple of years. So we're so excited to bring you back. Lastly, is there anything major we should be watching out for Bacher Realty? Is there anything that's going to change the game that we should be keeping an eye on? Well, I think we both know something's coming, but, you know, hold on. Stay, maybe stay tuned. Talk about it in two months. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Ellen yeah. has some big news coming. Um, she's, she's absolutely crushing the market. And so know that for anyone out there, yes, it's a hard market. Yes, it's a tough time right now. There are still agents that are having wild success. And it starts with consistency. Learn from older people that are doing it. Stay within whatever you pick, whatever strategy, geo farming three years in. It still works, folks. The old stuff still works. And it's proven to be very, 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 very successful. So Ellen, thank you so mm -hmm. much for being yep, on our show no today. And Thanks for having me. You guys heard it. We're going to bring her back in a couple months. We're going to have this chat again and see what the next couple months bring. And we'll hear about that big update at that point in time as well. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thanks so much, Ellen. Appreciate you. Bye.